Imagine getting up every day full of energy as if you were in your 20s again. What would that be like? What would that be worth to you? What is your health worth to you? Think about it. Your health isn't everything, but without it, everything else is nothing. And yet too many of us are taking it for granted until something goes wrong. No one wakes up hoping to be diagnosed with a disease or chronic illness. And yet we've never been taught how to be proactive in our health through our school system or public health. As a registered health coach and integrative health practitioner, I believe it is time this information is made available to everyone. Combining new knowledge around your health and the ability to do my functional medicine lab tests in the comfort of your own home will allow you to optimize your health for today and all your tomorrows. Don't wait for your wake up call. Welcome back to the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I'm excited today to bring you another amazing guest. Her name is Cheryl Prince. Welcome, Cheryl. Thank you. So excited to have you here. Cheryl is passionate about wellness. She retired from nursing in 2013 and has pursued a career in prevention as a Reiki practitioner, holistic nutritionist, farmer, and past educator at the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition. She recognizes that wellness is not just being without disease and offers a unique individualized approach in assisting her clientele with reaching their own optimal wellness. So I absolutely love this, Cheryl, and agree with you 100% that wellness is is not just being without disease. There's so much more to wellness. And as we dive into this conversation today, I would love you to share your story, your story that, you know, took you into a career in nursing and then has had you retire from nursing and move into what you're doing now. Thank you, Melissa. Um, yeah, you know, first of all, I want to say um, I really appreciate coming out here and talking and speaking our messages because this is a really important time. The transition right now is polarized between allopathic and, and um, alternative medicine. And we need to be able to marry up together and work it compassionately um, together so that we can get the best help we possibly can. So my story did begin a long time ago when I was, I like to say, um, forced into nursing by, by the Lord or by God. I was outside working in my yard and my son had had some mental health issues and it was quite troubling. And then I had this voice or some people like to call them downloads that said to me, hey, you need to be a, a nurse. You can help a lot of people through nursing. So the problems that my son had turned out to be hypoglycemia and not the diagnosis of bipolar schizoaffective disorder, which is a pretty scary um, diagnosis with anybody who has teenagers who are unaware of what's going on in their teenagers' brains when they're healthy, yet alone when they have a blood sugar disorder, which is exactly. what turned out to be my son's problem. Exactly. And, and first having to process that initial diagnosis, but then realizing that that wasn't actually what the problem was and there was something else going on. So yeah. keep going. Yeah, so, you know, it actually... Being a trained nurse, it was actually very difficult for me to get my doctor to do a glycemic test on my 15-year-old son. And they, he said to me actually one day, he says, you know, he didn't show up diabetic. I don't know why you want to continue this. He has bipolar schizoaffective disorder and he needs to be on these medications for life. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I want the test done. Fortunately, I am an advocator for people. That's what a nurse is, is an advocator for the patient, not for mm -hmm. the medical system, right. but I'm always advocating for my patient, the right. best wellness for them, whether it meant staying at home, whether it, you know, with their spouses to die, right. or whether it meant um, coming in and having a quick procedure, you know, that could then enhance their health. 
Right. But that quick procedure could also detriment their health depending on their age. Mm-hmm. So I like the alternatives that we could go in and make decisions that were best for them. So that's what we did with my son. Right. And we found out that in the first paragraph, it said that he did not have diabetes. But the second paragraph said that within an hour and a half of him eating, his blood sugars dropped to a dangerous zone of being audio and visual hallucinations. So audio and visual hallucinations, as we know, are signs of schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. But what I was unaware of at the beginning of all of this was that my son was taking his nice packed lunch that we always ate, a wholesome food, dropping it in the garbage and going to 7-Eleven and eating junk food. And that was very, very troublesome because I didn't know it. Right. Once we found out what was wrong with him, truly wrong with him Mm -hmm. it was a matter of eating protein in the morning changing our diet up making sure we were balanced to keep our blood sugars at a regular level throughout the day and that was kind of got me started thinking along the way with just about every patient I had in the hospital and just before you go there I just want to um, just highlight the fact that so often we don't connect food to impacting how we're feeling, our behaviors, how we're functioning, our cognitive function, right? And we're also not necessarily educated enough to understand, you know, how to be balancing our blood sugar levels, right? And what that looks like, or that, you know, as a child, dumping your good homemade lunch in the bin and doing what all the other kids are doing, it's not impacting them. Why should it impact me? And not realizing that the food that we eat, because our body is unique, does impact us differently to the next person. So I can totally see how, you know, this all happened, right? And as you're telling this story, I'm thinking, how many other parents out there are relating to this right now? Or are thinking back going, wow, you know, what if that was me, but I've been on this drug for all of this time because I've been told I have schizophrenia? Maybe it's not that. So. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and this is where we have to really know who we are. Mm-hmm. So I think we're in a society that we want a quick fix. Yes. We want it today. And I actually talked to a medical doctor about this one time. So, you know, I said to him, hey, doctors, uh, and I, I'll eliminate his name because right. I don't want to throw him under the bus. But I said to him, why do we not discuss food and exercise and vitamin D and getting out in the sunlight and turning off the media and doing all this stuff when we're talking brain health? And I call it brain health because, you know, it, it is not a mental illness. It is a, what I like to say, it's the biochemical reactions that are not happening due to certain reasons. And I love to be the investigator as to why the reasons are. So I said to him, hey, doctor, how come you don't suggest to somebody to go out there and do this treatment? Because you know it works. And he says, it absolutely works. But unfortunately, my license is at risk. Because if I come in, you come in, and you're diagnosed with severe crippling depression, and you go home and kill yourself that day, I haven't done my job, which is send you off with prescription drugs that could then turn around that diagnosis within 24 hours or 48 hours or 72 hours. It's a quicker, more preventative method for ensuring that we are not sued for malpractice. And I was like, oh, that's so backwards. But exactly, the, the, the laws around that and the insurance companies around that have it backwards, as you say, right? Because they could set up a protocol that says, you know, first, we're going to address these factors, right? But part of the problem, I think, too, is, is that you ask people to go and address their exercise and address their food and all of that, but doctors don't have time to spend explaining how to do that. So they don't know, they're just given a piece of paper and say, go do this, right? And then it doesn't get done, but the pill will get taken. And that's part of why I offer the work that I do here. And what you're doing in your work now is coaching people through this, holding their hand, guiding them, letting them know they can do it even when it feels hard, because it will feel hard, it's different. But then very soon after the body starts to heal and then it feels amazing. 
So I can see that poor doctor, Yeah, you know, he might've even tried, maybe not, but I could see him wanting to do that. But then, you know, what is the success rate? If all he can do is say, here's a piece of paper, follow these steps, but then it doesn't get done. And that's a problem too. So we, as a human race, we want that quick fix, but we're also not yet in a place. And this is where I know you and I are wanting to affect change is we're not in a place of actually taking responsibility for our own health. Absolutely. You know, we, we outsource responsibility on everything. We're not responsible. Don't take a blame, you know, but I am responsible for everything that goes in my mouth. I'm responsible for everything that I spend, spend my energy with. And so when we talk nutrition and, you know, I want people to understand this, it's just not about food. It's every part of our life is nutrition. Absolutely. You know, so I taught optimal nutrition for the brain for 10 years at the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition. Um, and that gave me a lot of perspective because even though we get a blanket diagnosis of anxiety, your anxiety could be different than my neighbor's anxiety, could be different than my anxiety, could be different than my child's. It could be different than the people living in my own home. 100%. Yeah. You know, whether I'm able to... You have the enzymes mm -hmm. to be able to digest or mm -hmm. be able to methylize the mm -hmm. right nutrients. Mm -hmm. And it might sound like really big words, but it's, I mean, it's again the biochemical reaction of eating the food to make sure we get the nutrients out of it. Is our digestive system working right? Is, you know, is the stress level yes. too much? And that's where we really get into it because I am all about stress management, being a nurse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, this is like, oh my gosh, is there a nurse out there that does not have some form of PTSD, have some kind of being in fight and flight the entire shift that she's on? And most of the nurses I worked with, we did not like to go out and socialize after hours. Right. Because you needed to process and let go everything that you'd been dealing with for that 8, 10, 12, 14, 16 hour shift. Yeah. I totally get that. And, you know, there was a lot of 16 hour shifts for myself. Mm -hmm. and this was, I quit nurse. I quit being a floor nurse 10 years ago. Now mm -hmm. I will never leave being a nurse. I was told it's in my blood. I, I'm a caregiver. Mm -hmm. I just moved it around a little bit differently. So now right. I, I get to work with you before you get sick. I get to work with you when you recognize that maybe there's a problem with something. And currently I do a lot of alcohol um, removal because, mm -hmm. you know, alcohol is one of the worst things we can put into our brain. I mean, it can seem like fun while we're having it, right. but it actually is a very difficult substance to detox out of our fat cells which is our brain you know so I do a lot of work with that and I enjoy the fact when people come to me and say you know I think I want to go off of this I don't have a problem but I just don't want to fit into the normal let's go out Friday night and drink I want to have a life and so I like to help people become the inner child again right and then bring enjoyment and, and, and life and love back into their own bodies mm -hmm. and then be able to encapsulate what the real, you know, purpose here is on earth. Right. And that's not to be drunk every weekend. Right. So, right. And know. recognizing that you can still socialize, but alcohol doesn't have to be a part of it. Right. Absolutely. You know, like there are so many alternative things that we can do, but one of the things I'm sh I like to reassure, it's not a shameful thing. If, if you are saying, oh, I can't get off of the alcohol or I can't, I need my beer on Friday. There should be no shame in that. You have, I like to go as, these are the microbes in your guts that are dying off in seven days that are saying, feed me this particular type of sugar mm -hmm. and I'll feel good again. And so that's actually what I feel is going on. And then we have to retrain the brain to get joy out of life again. So yes. to be able to develop that dopamine um, reward system mm -hmm. that we're mm -hmm. enjoying life. Right. You know? And the serotonin. And of course, that's 95% of that is made in the gut. So when we rebalance the gut, the body can start making it again. So we're yeah. all interconnected. And back to your point about... When we talk about nutrition, it's not just the food we put in our mouth. It is 
how that food is impacting every part of us, right? And I love to say, we're not just what we eat, we're actually what we absorb. So our digestion, our digestive system has to be functioning optimally for us to be able to truly absorb everything that we're putting into our mouth. And you and I both know that we're in, when we're in that chronic stress state, digestion isn't even turned on. Yeah. But I don't think many people understand that, that they don't have, like they'll think, oh, I'm eating in front of the TV and I'm watching the news. And I'll be like, yeah, well, you're, you're sitting there and you're, you're absorbing all that negative while you're eating. And that mm -hmm. puts you in fight and flight. And I did do a lot of work with, um, I have a good, a great practice with first responders, mm -hmm. which are RCMP. Yep ambulance drivers, nurses, right? Because I feel firefighters, yeah. firefighters, those people are always on fight and flight mode. Yep. And therefore I like to be able to help sort out what is going on. And there's a gentleman, so they come to me typically with type two diabetes. Right. In and saying, I don't know why I would have type two diabetes. And I like, Okay, this is why you may be thin, but you're in fight and flight. So mm -hmm. those foods you're eating are going into sugars into your body. And then you're fighting all the things that go along, all the hormones, like the insulin that are coming in. Then are you insulin resistant for how long? What, what does this all look like? You know, so a lot of people aren't aware that even if I am thin, I can carry type two diabetes primarily due to fight and flight. Right. You know? So making that connection then can, yeah. how do I plan my day? How do I plan my meals? Mm -hmm. Where am I eating? You know, mm -hmm. but well, slow down, right. <sighs> While I'm eating, but in my day. And as you said, how do I uh, implement self-care in order to counter that stress? Some of the stress we can learn to mitigate entirely, but not all stresses are going to go away. There's always going to be stress, but it's how we manage them right? So it's balancing it. If the stress is coming in and we're in a really, you know, high stress week, maybe there's a lot on at work and projects do or whatever. Well, then we need to actually be doing more to counter that stress right? rather than just pushing through. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I read somewhere for every 20 minutes of stress, you need seven hours of restorative sleep. Interesting. And I, I don't know, as a nurse, it was 16 hours of stress. Could I eat? No. Did I even get my cup of tea? No. It, you know, patients are kind of rude that they don't have their, their crisis at that time when you first are fresh on the shift. They have it at lunchtime. They have it at dinner time. They have it on your coffee break. Right. They have, it, have to go pee. You know, like you don't get the option of finding out when your patient is going sour or what, you know, we call right. having a crisis. Right. And, you know, a lot of nurses just work their way through that, or a lot of medical professionals work their way through that. Even though they know what they're doing to their body, they it's inbuilt in us. You know, so I think um, when I left nursing, it was because of misinformation given to one of my patients um, by a medical surgeon. And the patient came in two days later with an obstructed bile duct which then sent her into ICU. Now, if she would have gone home from a simple procedure, which is, a, again, it's not, nothing is simple when you remove an organ right. from the body. And so she had her gallbladder removed, which, right. you know, the doctors all say, oh, it's a simple procedure, but it's not because right. that's um, connected to our digestive system in a certain mm -hmm. way that mm -hmm. helps emulsify the fat. And if you've right. already having problems emulsifying fat and getting the pain at the gallbladder issue, then you have to kind of decrease the amount of fat you're taking in. Mm -hmm. Let your body go into um, a balancing, you know, working homeostasis wise, balance itself out so that it can then start working great, get rid of those little stones. And get used to not having a gallbladder anymore, which takes time too, right? Absolutely. You know, you can have a gallbladder and have it not working because I had the same thing. Mm -hmm. Deep fried crab wontons. Oh my gosh. They were amazingly great. Gave me my first gallbladder attack at 25, wow. and which is young, but I also worked at the Dairy Queen when I was younger. So I got into the habit of eating, 
you know, deep fried food or fats. Yeah. Poor fats, poor fats. Yeah. You know, and I was eating that. I had an attack. I chose to do the long route. Mm -hmm. I'm not having it eliminated. Now, if I choose to eat something, I can. Right. My gallbladder is relapsed. But Mm -hmm. this woman ended up in ICU because she went home and had the hot dog and the pizza that she was told, yeah, go ahead and eat that kind of stuff. Two days after post-op, you should never have that. Right. So that that was probably my final my final shift. Yeah, I couldn't take it because I was like, what's going on? Why don't you know about nutrition? Why don't you know about this? And in all fairness, they're trained in their specialty. Right. And their specialty is different than my specialty. Mm-hmm. And my specialty is on food. So therefore, I can explain how the food works a little bit more comprehensive than than the doctor who can explain the procedure a lot better than I could ever absolutely yes yes but it's unfortunate when the no we when we rather than saying I don't know or let me have my nurse talk to you we give an answer that isn't the right answer absolutely you know and then we have been as a gener- multi-generational giving our physician control over our bodies. And that is something we need to take back. Yes. So we need to recognize that something is going on. For instance, I had pumpkin pie the other day. I woke up with severe gastrointestinal distress yesterday. And I'm like, what did I eat yesterday that is causing me a problem today? Right. And I, my son said to me, oh, I put whipped cream in, in, the, in the pumpkin pie. And I'm like, well, I don't eat dairy. That's it. So right. I investigated what was going on. Mm-hmm. I could have gone to the doctor because I was pretty sick. Right. I, I chose to investigate what I did 24 hours before, which is what you and I do. We investigate mm-hmm. what's going, what you've been doing to get you to that point of distress. Right. Yeah. And I love that. And, you know, when you get in tune with your body and you have that awareness around how your body responds to things and the fact that it is talking to you, right? That waking up with that gastrointestinal pain was your body trying to ask you to do something different and saying, hey, hello, I didn't like what you did yesterday. Can you figure out what it is? And please don't do it again. Right. But I mean, and you you said you were pretty sick. So, you know, you may not have got up and gone about your day, but sometimes the body doesn't speak quite that intensely. And we just push through. Right. Because we have that go, 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 do, do, do personality and hear all these sayings, you know, suck it up and just push through. You've got all these other things to do. And we're not listening to our body asking us to do something different. So we miss the early warning signs. Yes. You know, it's funny. I did. I had a really severe reaction. Now I eat 98% clean. Mm -hmm. That means I have. I grow my own food. I source all of my own food. And occasionally I'll have something that somebody else does for me. If I don't, you know, and that's what somebody made me pie and I ate it. it, You know, but my body wasn't used to it. And I recognize that. And I think that's the most important thing for us to do is to recognize what's going on with our body, you know, um, and to recognize that it can take. 24 to 72 hours mm-hmm. for that type of immune system response to happen. Yes. You know, get in tune to your body, really. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it's hard. Be, I mean, because you know you're 98% clean and you're growing it all, making it all. And then you had that one thing that was outside. It was pretty clear to you what the culprit was. But for other people, it might not be. Right. And when it's 72 hours later, it's also I don't even know what I ate three days ago because I've just been going about my life, eating on the run, grabbing things. And what day was three days ago? Right. It's really hard for people. But that's actually where the power of functional medicine labs can come in. And we can actually test this for people and test that immune response for food. So if people are interested in knowing that's something that I offer, I don't know if it's something you offer as well, but that's so helpful for people because then they know, right? 
And it's not about removing the foods forever. It's not an allergic reaction or anaphylactic. It is a reaction. But when we remove the foods for six weeks or 12 weeks or six months, depending on the degree of uh, immune response and sensitivity, we can allow our whole digestive system to calm. We're lowering the inflammation on the body because we're not eating it for a while. We're letting the body heal. And then we can reintroduce one by one because now we know the culprits to test and we're not guessing anymore. And then we can be aware of any response we have inside the 72 hours. And then we know, and then after that, it becomes a choice, right? And you, I teach the 80-20 rule, you know, feed your body in a nutrient dense, clean way, 80% of the time. And when you do that, the body can handle the 20% of the time where you might make choices in the, to eat what everybody else is eating that, you know, may not be the best for you, but you have the power of making that choice. Because you know, well, if I eat this pizza now, this is gonna how it's gonna make me feel in two days or three days. How do I wanna feel then? Do I have a big presentation and do I want brain fog? No, okay, so I'm not gonna choose the pizza on the menu, I'm gonna have something else. Or I can roll around on the couch on Sunday and I don't care, so I'm gonna eat the pizza and, and enjoy it. And then go for it, right? But it becomes a choice. And when you, you have taken back the power, because you know how your body's going to respond and you're making the choices about how you want to feel as opposed to unknowingly eating foods that are impacting you and you have no idea which foods they are and how to get take back your power. You know, I love that. It is. I, I like to do the 80-20 So I don't, I'm not um, a functional medicine, so I do not run the test. But what I do do is get people to keep a 30-day diary. Right. And they're like, 30 days, that's a lot. But I call it a food mood diary. Mm -hmm. You never know how far back you have to. And have I eliminated everything out of my diet? No. I go, hey, I want some ice cream. Now, that's a cold food. It's dairy. And you already heard I'm um, lactose intolerant. Don't have the enzymes to be able Mm -hmm. to break down the lactose. Um, But I go, now I know if I eat ice cream, I'm on a five-day mission, a five-day mission of being depressed afterwards. So I go, do I have the time to spend five days depressed? No. So eliminate that. You know, um, who am I going to be around? Are they going to trig me to be a little bit more irritable? Right. You know, like these are all things I have to look at when I make a decision for what I am ingesting, you know, and um, it's kind of funny, but... It is a good way to live because then I get to decide how my body feels. I'm the one who has the power over what's going on. And I get to feel crappy if I choose to eat something that doesn't. But that's my responsibility. And it's always our responsibility on our bodies. Because, you know, it's something a physician told me a long time ago. Nobody knows your body like you do. I don't live there you live there. And even though I know all my medical background, you're the one who knows how you feel 24 seven. And I love that. And I agree as well. And I will often tell my clients that you are your own best doctor because you have lived in your body your whole life. Right. And I, so it's totally in alignment with what that doctor said. And I, I say that to my clients when they've gone to the doctor They are trying to listen to their body. They have symptoms. They don't feel good. And they're trying to understand why. And they're getting told, well, we've done all the labs and there's nothing wrong with you, or we don't know what's wrong with you. Right. And then, or it's all in your head. They get told that sometimes too. And when they find me, I'm trying to undo a little bit of that and saying, it's not in your head. Your symptoms are real. And you do need to listen to your body because you are your own best doctor. And so, you know, second opinions, third opinions are important. And when your body's talking to you, you need to keep looking for the person that can help you when you're being told there's nothing wrong with you. You know, that's absolutely right. I personally feel we can keep it as simple as simple can be. And that's going back into the elimination diets, right? But, you know, we can become invested in being sick. We can. <laughs> and we can own that illness, 
quite well. And, you know, I listened to my mom who, and sorry, mom to throw you under the bus right now, but um, I listened to her talk about her, her owning her cancer. She had a diagnosis of cancer, um, stage four colon cancer 10 years ago. We eliminated everything out of her diet that was going to impede her healing. Right. My, my mom didn't realize she was celiac, although she had all the symptoms of being celiac. It had never shown up on a test. Right. <laughs> right. Yep. But she always had problems. With right. It. So that's what I contribute to her stage four colon cancer. Right. Now, I worked on a bowel floor. A lot of people with colon cancer were celiac unknown. Right. Or they ate a lot of sugar. Right. You know, part of my job was to investigate what people were doing in their diets mm -hmm. on the floor so that we could help them make the best choices going forward as a nurse. That was before right. I became a nutritionist. Right. So now it's like, okay, we got the best of both worlds going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I will never not go to my family doctor. So I want to make that very, very clear. Yeah, we need I want to work with them. Yes. There's a difference with working with them and them telling us what to do. Yes. And sometimes when you get five minutes in a doctor's office at the end of the day, and they've already seen 75 people, they may not actually be there with you. And this happened to me. I ended up going to a specialist because I had heart problems. Mm -hmm. And I actually ended up having a blockage in my heart um, two years ago. Yes, caused by stress. Um, something I investigated in a 40 day challenge for myself was I had uncontrolled hypertension, regardless of what I was on, it didn't make any difference. Right. So they did send me to a specialist. Mm -hmm. I went to him mm -hmm. and I was really upset because they were sending people through the <laughs> <laughs> handy dart which is the transport of coming into the doctor's office and they're saying yeah we'll stop at McDonald's on the way through and I'm like what here I eat really healthy and I'm sitting in this office and you're not you know like what am I doing here and I was upset because I had a heart condition right so he wrote the notes told me my blood pressure was uncontrollable put me on um, five different medications, did a stress test and said, you're going to have a, you are going to have a stroke really, really soon. You need to do something about this today. So I took those five prescriptions he gave me mm -hmm. and threw them in the garbage. <laughs> and I went to a traditional Chinese doctor who never spoke English. And you think, well, why would you want to go to a doctor who doesn't speak English? Because I needed it not to be a placebo effect. I needed in my own mind to be able to trust somebody and not take my knowledge which is extensive in both sides of the field now. Right. I needed to take somebody else's and trust their health, my health in their hands. Right. So she did her pulse testing. She did the tongue testing, uh, looking at, she could figure everything out by, you know, you twist your neck a certain way. You, you right. know, she did acupuncture and she says, I fix. And that was it. She did. That night, the blood went back to my heart when I went in and now I'm not recommending this for everybody but right. for me for me this is how I chose to look at it right and now, I just want to say there that everybody has to make the right choice for themselves there is no one size fits all right everybody comes to all of these different conditions or diagnoses in a different state of health. So you found the right avenue for you. The next person might also have uncontrolled hypertension, but what that doctor did for you may not be the fix for them, right? So everybody does need to do their own investigation into their right path for them. Absolutely. And so part of my investigation in that 40 days until my next appointment with this cardiologist was, I took my blood pressure three times a day. And I recognized after five days, eliminating nightshades brought my blood pressure to a normal state. Interesting. Five days. So again, the five. Right. I love, took the histamine reaction to go back to normal yeah. for my blood pressure to come down. Now, yeah. I was taking a risk with my own health. I don't take a risk with anybody else's health. Somebody came to me with chest pain the other day and she says, well, I want to go and do this. And I'm like, well, first of all, I want you to go get an ECG done mm -hmm. because this is not something to fool around with. 
Right. You know? And chest pain, it's a 911 call. You mm-hmm. know, don't, yeah. Just don't come to me with chest pain and expect right. me to be able to do something with food. Right. right you know, we have both systems working. So, yes. you know, she, um, she was really, really invested in her diagnosis of something else that she, what she was doing was going through every alternative practitioner she possibly could every day without letting a treatment work. Right, 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 right. She was so invested in healing that she never got the healing component ready yet. Right. And I like to say to people, if you are 10 years into this illness, it could take up to 10 months for you to be able to get back into homeostasis. And, you know, I don't know what's going on inside your body without the tests there. But even then, those tests are based on today's. Right. They're not necessarily based on a month from now or, you know, five days before or three days after. They're based on right now what's going on. And that's a great line, but let's look into it a little bit deeper, you know. And so where was I going with this? It's just like, take the time to realize that when you start a program, it is going to take time. And sometimes yeah. your symptoms will worsen. Absolutely. You know, especially when you're working on a detoxification. Yes, exactly. I'm always talking to people about this and panicked people. Oh my God, it's worse. And then, you know, calming them down because the body has to expel in a detox situation <laughs> first, right? <laughs> Yeah, I always say better out than in. Exactly. You know, and I was a bowel care nurse and someone says, well, I have explosive diarrhea now that I started taking this detox program. And I'm like, yeah, better out than in because yep. if it's that toxic to an organ right. to that toxic stuff, yeah, then you really want to get rid of it. You don't want it to reabsorb in your blood system. You need it to be gone. Exactly. And the beauty about the mechanism of our body is when we ingest something, when we eat it, and it's bad, we can get, um, yeah, we have the gag reflex. We get the gut reflex, right? We get rid of it as fast as we can. Now, if it takes a little bit longer because it's not as toxic to us, but still toxic, it has to hit the intestinal walls in the colon first, you know, get rid of it. And then that usually, um, I don't know if anybody's ever gone to Mexico and developed Montezuma's revenge, right? It's, you know, generally, bad water or mm-hmm. bad ice cubes that mm-hmm. take a little bit longer to get through the system. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to comment on your point about you could have something for 10 years and it could take 10 months to recover from. Right. And so you have to give things time and you have to trust in the process, which is why having someone to guide you through versus trying to figure it all out on your own and going to Dr. Google, etc., is where you need to be, right? Because we can't all know everything, right? So, you know, you're the one with, you know, a racing heart or whatever, you're noticing something's going on with your body. Well, you have expertise in whatever it is that you do, but it doesn't mean you have expertise on now helping your body heal from whatever's going on, right? But the fact you have the awareness to seek the help is what's really important. And, you know, I often say to people that, you know, this program I'm putting you on is a six month program or maybe, you know, but, and they're like six months. And I'm like, but how long did it take you to get here? And then they're like, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Six months isn't really that long in the grand scheme of things. Right. Especially when you have improved health and energy and better sleep and lower stress and all of that at the end of it. So very important to be guided through. I had a client the other day who I was in a conference, she had questions, was trying to reach me, but because I was in a conference, I wasn't looking at my phone. And also I didn't, the number on the phone was coming up as a random number. And I honestly thought it was one of those calls that was telling me that there was a warrant out for my arrest, right? So why would I bother answering? And so I didn't, and I didn't, because I was focused on the conference, I didn't notice that the same number had called a couple of times. Anyway, so finally she sends me an email. I really need to talk to you. And I said, well, I'm in a conference. Can we talk later? No, I really need to talk to you. So I call her and she was in an absolute panic because she hadn't reached me in the first place. She went to literally went to Dr. Google. Mm. 
and diagnosed herself as pretty much I'm going to die tomorrow. Right. And people need to stay away from that. It doesn't help. And I said to her, okay, let's stop the Dr. Google because all it does is induce stress. And then she said, you know, you're right. I wasn't stressed before I started going online. Oh, because how does somebody navigate through all the information? Some information could be correct. And then a whole lot of information can be absolutely wrong. Right. And so we had a good chat and she calmed down and she was completely fine and it's all good. But sometimes we do ourselves a disservice by trying to figure it all out by ourselves. Right. And in her case, you know, it's my fault. I was in a conference. I wasn't responding to the calls, but luckily this all happened in the span of literally one hour, not three days. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the problem with Google. And I, and, and let's, let's be quite honest about that. It, I, the top things that show up there are algorithms. They're people that it's the ability to pay the most for advertising. Right. You know? And let's be honest, like, I don't want to say the word, but pharmaceuticals have a little bit more money and a little bit more investment in getting you on their product than I might have. So my investment is, are you invested? Yes. Like I, I don't nearly randomly take a client because they want me. Right. I take them when they're ready. Yes. I, agree I, don't, I don't want them to be wasting their money until they're ready. Well, and, and so you can't pull them. You can't pull them with you. That doesn't do anything. They have to be ready to do the work. You are there to guide them, but they have to do the work. They have to do the healing. You can't heal them. You simply guide them. And that's a, that's exactly the point that, you know, like a lot of people don't realize they come to me and they say, you're going to fix me. No, right. no, no. You're going to fix yourself. Right now. Can I coach you is another word, another way. Yes. Are you coachable? Are you ready to give up something? And um, there's, so my fees are quite high to work with me because again, it's not working with me for a month. You get me for six to eight months or eight, six to six months to a year, because mm -hmm. that could be how long it's going to take us to come there. And I always say by the end of that year or the end of that six months, I hope you're not talking to me anymore. Exactly. I hope you've got it figured out yourself. Yes. That now you can say, oh my gosh, this is it, Cheryl. You know, I have had people come to me on referrals and I had a referral from a doctor and the doctor sent this person to me for their health. Now she's a trained nurse as well. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. she's having a lot of stress and they doctor sent her to me for a meal plan. And I'm like, okay, oh, great. I love doing meal plans said nobody, at least not me. <laughs> I don't like meal plans because it's then trying to decide what you like and how difficult is it to follow a meal plan and how quick will you fall off of it if I make it for you? Right. So I like to involve you. So I said to right. her, with this meal plan, tell me about your kitchen. She says, well, I borrow a kitchen. And I'm like, okay, you borrow a kitchen. What do you mean by that? And she's like, yes. well, my landlord, I have a small crock pot or a small heating pad as a burner and then I borrow my landlord's oven right and I'm like okay so how often do you cook she says oh I don't know how to cook and I'm like okay so you may be here for a meal plan but actually what I'm going to do is teach you how to cook yes and what do we start with the simplest most dense nutritionist food as possible mm -hmm. and stews and I'm not a smoothie person, so I don't recommend a lot of smoothies, which is a little bit different yeah. than a lot of nutritionists. You no, know, each to their own, right? I do have my smoothie and I love my smoothies, but it's not for everyone, which is where having all of this customized to the individual as opposed to you making a meal plan for them and telling them how they have to do it is the best uh, way to go. Absolutely, because what we have, I have found out, if we are hypo- low blood sugars mm -hmm. and if we take a smoothie in we could get nauseous mm -hmm. really quickly mm -hmm. and then think it must be the vitamin I'm taking right. <laughs> or it must be something else because this is all nutritious but right. it could be a slam of too much sugar for you yes exactly and, and and that's why we do the investigation yes and that's why when you know 
I tried to go into a clinic to work and I'm like, oh, I can't take everybody every half hour and do 15 people. When I bring somebody into my practice, I bring you into me. Right. I want to feel you. I want to know you. I want to get to know your, your, your lifestyle because why would I got, want you to run a marathon if you've never walked down the block before? You exactly. know, so I really like to investigate your desires. Mm -hmm. your outcome and then tweak it so that it can be the best outcome that you possibly can have. I love that. And then that's where we're getting into personalized health or personalized wellness, right? Which it's coming back to that no one size fits all. And what I also really love about what you said is that I don't want you to be talking to me in six months. Well, they're going to be now talking to you as a friend, right? But they're not talking to you as a client. And that's the same hope that I have for my clients, because when they finish working with you, they have knowledge for life. They have knowledge they can share with their family and teach others, right? And so I love that that's the desire as opposed to, you know, other times where you see that it's just, I want more money from you. So I'm just going to keep you in this place where you're not quite well. So keep paying. Right. And, you know, let's call a spade a spade. That's what big pharma does. They optimize shareholder profit over human health. They're not motivated to have you heal. They're motivated to have you buy their pill day in and day out forevermore. You know, that's, that is exactly the sad part of the pharmaceutical industry is their money is made on keeping you sick. Exactly. And as a nurse, um, when I was, so we have, they're called um, Mars. So it's the daily medicine that we give you and we tick it off and, and we add all the new medicines in there. Oh, we don't look at the side effects. So we'll just give you another, another medicine for the side effect or, or something like that. But when I started looking at brain health, one of the things that people never talked about was that about 80% of depression is, I have found in the readings I have done. Now, this is in my studies, again, yes. yep. and we all do studies from different areas, so that's mm -hmm. important to recognize, so why it's great to find that practitioner who has your values, which is another, right. again, important component Absolutely. of working together. Absolutely. Uh, what I found out was that when people went on an antidepressant, 80% of it usually related to blood sugars. But what happened when you started taking an antidepressant without changing the diet around was that we ended up having diabetes. And then when you end up having um, type two diabetes because it alters the endocrine system because you cannot take one thing for one organ of one of the entire endocrine system, which is quite intense, you know, mm -hmm. like we've got a, mm -hmm. we've got a thyroid, we've got a pituitary, we've got a thymus, we've got a, a pancreas, a pancreas, we've got a, you know, like there's yeah. all these components that work exactly. together trying to figure out what to do right. based on all of them being a part of the transaction. Right. And so if you've got too much insulin being pumped out all the time because you've got a high sugar load because you're on an antidepressant, but loads down the insulin remove re, re, um, releasing right then you've got another problem and that other problem means you could end up having hypertension right along with the blood sugars and the depression and then you have oh my gosh you got hypertension but then your cholesterol could be going up exactly but why is your cholesterol going up because we're lowering your cholesterol and you're thinking aren't we supposed to have lower cholesterol no there's different types of cholesterol yes. and every cholesterol, we need cholesterol for every cell, every hormone, every steroid our body makes. I mean, we need to have the fats and that's where we go into somebody who has, I don't know, I do my first intake at 90 minutes because mm -hmm. I don't know exactly what I'm going to be. Yes, I know what I'm asking you. I don't know in the component of what's going to come up with exactly. your answer. Exactly. And how long that might take. And you have to keep digging deeper, right? Peeling back the layers of the onion. Yeah. yeah. My first intake is an hour and I have them fill out the intake form first and then we go through it. But yes, it's just as detailed. And again, your poor doctor 
that is limited to a five or a seven minute appointment, how can they possibly understand everything that's going on with you, right? And look at all of these, you, you just mentioned the endocrine system, but then how is that affecting the other symptoms? Well, you can't get into that in five or seven minutes. So I feel because I, I wouldn't want to do it that way. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I wouldn't want to look at somebody who comes into my office and this is very, very common. We get a thyroid disorder. And so a thyroid disorder can show up in a lot of different symptoms yep. of a thyroid, but yet the test will say it's normal because this happened to me. Yes. So I deliberately did a few things to show that it was my thyroid. And that was, I could not grow hair on my legs right. or my underarms. Right. Right. And mm -hmm. you're like, what's that got to do with it? Well, it has to do with my circulatory system. Mm -hmm. oh, but the circulatory system is theoretically related to my thyroid. Yes. All of these things go hand in hand. Yes. But, I know, but it showed normal. So what were the other things? Oh, I snored. Right. I, but that's a normal thing. Oh, but no, it's not necessarily right. normal. And, and it's an enlarged area in here that could be yeah. giving me... Um, blocking the airway. Blocking the airway while I'm yeah. sleeping, you know? Yeah. Um, what were the other things? Hypertension. Right. Uh, you know, yes, my tests were all normal. Right. Did I go to a functional doctor? Absolutely. And it showed that I wasn't converting. But my conversion factors were good. Right. But... I also had mercury toxicity and wow. that was normal for people my age because we all mm. played with mercury in school. We didn't realize the dangers. Right. Yeah. You know, so these are all things that I go back and I look at the history of it. Yeah. And as it turned out, it was a traditional Chinese doctor who fixed my thyroid. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, but even though it was normal. So I have to go and keep on investigating until it feels right for me. Exactly. It feels right for me then yeah. I'm like, okay, this is what's working on my body. Yeah. And, you know, again, sadly, our physicians do not have the time to do this. And they don't necessarily have those, the tools, those labs that dig deeper, right? I mean, I know that I asked my doctor, I wanted to have all four thyroid markers tested before I actually could run my own labs. This was multiple years ago. Um, and it was just more of a baseline. Like, I want to know where everything's at. And she said, well, I can't do that. I can only test your TSH. And if that's normal, we don't go any further. And I'm like, but that could be normal. But my, you know, free T3 and free T4 might not be converting. And if they're not in the normal range, then that's an early indication of something going wrong. And instead of waiting however much longer for my TSH to reflect that, I could address it now. Mm -hmm. She couldn't do it. She not allowed to, right? So the power of functional medicine labs for people is really helpful because we can do all of that. I can run that lab right now. In fact, I've just run my own and got my results yesterday because I do it every year. Because again, it's, I have my baseline and then I get the early warning signs and I can run labs that will show metal toxicities and mineral deficiencies and vitamin deficiencies and all of these things. So it's very powerful and people just need to know that they are available. Absolutely, you know, because um, again, it's not that the doctor didn't want you, their hands are tied again. They are. If it, it's that. normal, why would you waste money on getting exactly. something else? That's know? exactly, you're healthy, I can't justify it, Yeah. right? Because they're all getting checked on their costs now. Yeah, and so. the big one right now that we have a lot of controversy over is vitamin D. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I really want to talk about vitamin D because we live in Canada. Yes. And right now, on we're both on the same coast, <laughs> you know, on opposite sides of the pond. But it's a pretty dreary day out there yep. today. And I'm going to be going through months of dreariness. Yep. And so that means I am not storing because vitamin D, which we know is now a hormone, we store it in our fat, we accumulate it through the sunny seasons, and we do not accumulate it if we're wearing sunscreen, you know, and we store this vitamin D until a certain amount of time period, and then it starts dissipating in our bodies, and then mm -hmm. we slowly start getting little symptoms, like maybe more joint pain, maybe a little bit more inflammation, maybe a little bit of moodiness, maybe, I mean, vitamin D is important for 
every component of our body to work I agree. correctly. I agree. You know, but we don't test for vitamin D. Why? Routinely. I know it's so cheap. It could be, it could be tested for so easily. So I have, I love talking about vitamin D and let's have this conversation because first of all, in Canada, and in fact, the Northern U.S., it's 85% of people are deficient. I would actually say in Canada, it's 100% are deficient if you are not supplementing because we don't have enough hours of strong enough sunlight on our naked skin for long enough throughout the year. There just aren't enough days of, of having that in sunlight. And if there were, we're not running around in bikinis in order to absorb it on our skin, right? So we all must supplement in Canada, end of story and including the Northern US. And it's interesting because um, I started supplementing probably about five years ago now. And this, at the same time that I asked for the thyroid, I went in asking for a whole bunch, right? I was allowed to do the vitamin D lab, but I had to pay for it, but that's fine. I think it was, I don't know. I did a whole bunch. It was either $16 or 65, either way, I paid for my vitamin D. And when I got the results, my doctor was shocked. And she said, I, haven't seen anybody else except my elite athletes have their vitamin D level in the optimal range. How come you're in the optimal range? And I said, because I supplement. And she goes, okay, we'll keep doing it. Right. So obviously I did, but then I made a mistake last year when COVID hit and things calmed down, the world shut down. I had more time on my hands. I thought I'm going to spend more time outdoors. So instead of taking 4,000 IU or four drops a day, I decided I'm going to just take two. And I like to play with things on myself, right? So I started taking two and I was going out for walks every day, 45 minutes to an hour. And it was warm. So I was in t-shirts. I was in shorts. I, my skin was exposed. And then I ran my own vitamin D lab uh, in September of last year. My levels had dropped from 55 to 42 in wow. just six months, right? So then I thought, okay, I'm going to, obviously that's not enough. I still need to be supplementing. So I went back to the 4,000 IU every day and I will never go below that because clearly living in Canada, that's what I need. And I just ran my labs again and I'm back into that normal range. And it is so important and particularly important right now because it's also one of the um, you know, supplements slash hormones that are so helpful for people with this current pandemic. Yeah. Seeing numbers that if your vitamin D levels are sufficient and not even optimal, sufficient 34 or higher, you will fare much better than if your levels are lower. Yeah. And it's so easy to supplement and it's so inexpensive. But we have to make sure we get in the right supplementation. So it has to be emulsified in fat because it's a fat-based yes. thing. You know, um, I like a liquid because it's more absorbable. Yes. I don't have to worry about what my digestive system is doing. And plus, I actually had to go up to 15,000 international units a couple of years ago because like you, um, I felt pretty healthy, I thought, until I didn't feel healthy. Right. And then I realized, wow, am I ever deficient in vitamin D? I didn't get tested. I just went with muscle testing, my own testing, right. what my body started feeling good with. Yeah. And I went up to 15,000 and then dropped it down to five. Right. Once I started getting, um, feeling great again. Right. Now, you know, I walked around all summer in my bathing suit with in my bikini without yeah. um, eating fresh fruit. And I was saying, as I was putting on a couple pounds around my belly, <laughs> I'm like, ah, but what I'm doing is I'm storing the vitamin D with the chemicals, the phytic nutrients that come from the fruit right now in my cells so that I can be able to utilize it longer throughout the winter. And, you know, I don't know if that's true yet. I'll find out with my experimentation because again, right. I'm a scientist who likes to use myself. Yes. I don't use anybody else. I get, you know, like, yeah, let's experiment with what taking out wheat will do to your, to your brain health. Um, majority of it is gets rid of depression. It gets mm -hmm. rid of anxiety, you know, um, 
stuff like that, you know, like let's experiment like that. But when I'm talking experimenting, like whether it's the vitamin D and walking around in a bikini all summer while I'm out picking blueberries and eating them, that's my own experimentation. I can't tell everybody to go out and do that, but it's because I want to know exactly what's going on in my body. Yes. And again, it's my body, my health and my responsibility. Yes. And, you know, I was fortunate um, 30 years ago, I went to a cardiologist who turned out to be a general practitioner who was really big in functional medicine. And I went to him for postpartum depression. And the day that I was going in, I canceled my appointment because I felt pretty good that day, which is a lot of us do. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier. So he phoned me up and he said, Cheryl, you feeling good today? And I'm like, yeah, I don't need to come in and talk to you about depression. And he says, no, you do need to come in because I want a baseline on those days you're feeling good. Yes. And I'm like, ah, I need to come in and talk to you about this, but it's a good day. Well, you know what he said to me? is I had, it was a good day. He did my labs, he did everything like that. I was feeling very optimistic, but he said to me, you know, you had two C-sections in a year and a half. You had three friends die one week. You had, both my parents um, had life-threatening illnesses. My husband was a commercial fisherman, so that meant he was gone all the time. Right. I didn't have a support system, I was right. breastfeeding. And he said to me, you have all of this going on. How could you be nutritionally fit? Right. And he gave me a four-day prescription. And it was like a four-day prescription. Yeah. And it wasn't even to me. It was to my husband. Right. My husband had to come home, look after the kids for four days. I went to my First Nations um, best friend's mom uh, and she gave me bone broth. She gave me dark greens. I stayed in bed for four days. She gave me the traditional healing that my body needed for the malnourishment that I had. And if it wasn't for that doctor telling me I was malnourished, mm -hmm. instead of saying you have postpartum or you have depression, he just said you're malnourished. He was a game changer for the rest of my life. Yeah, I love that. You've given me head to toe goosebumps. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that story. So true. So thank you so, so, <clears throat> excuse me, so, so much for being here today. I could talk to you for hours. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. And I love to ask all of my guests as we're wrapping up, what does don't wait for your wake up call mean to you? Well, okay. So don't wait for your wake up call to hit you. To me, it means don't wait until you're in that bed given your final diagnosis. Um, I was a nurse, I watched people take that wake up call and not be able to reverse, reverse what was going on, the damage that they've done. You know, um, take charge of your health today. It may be a, a little symptom, but that little symptom shouldn't be going on in your body. We are made in the best possible um, mass solution, whatever you want to call this whole temple, we are made for it to work optimally. The minute you start feeling something not working, seek out what is going on because you, your body will give you symptoms far longer than it will give you the disease. So listen to your body. I love that. Thank you. And if you can let the audience know, there are probably people listening that would love the opportunity to work with you. If you can let them know how they can reach out to you, that would be fabulous. Um, I keep a very low social media profile um, for lots of reasons. Um, so the best way to reach out to me is through email, which is Cheryl M prince at hotmail.com and we'll get the link set up there or you can actually give me a call because I love talking on the phone I think it's more personable and I will give you my phone number to be added to the link of my email perfect thank you so much so we'll have all of that in the show notes so any last messages to motivate the audience to get started on their health journey today you know the one thing I found out that when I started my health journey was it's amazing how quick you can start feeling better. And even if you are healthy and going with alter, um, 
eating the normal way, eating the standard North American way, it will catch up with you. So take the time to honor your body, to honor your temple and realize that this is such a gift we have to be in this body. Why not look after it the way we would look after our house or our cars? I love that. It's so true. Well, thank you again for joining and thank you to the audience for being here on the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. And I look forward to having everyone join again next time. I'm excited to let you know about a new workshop that I'm offering. It is called the Boost Your Immune System Workshop, and I'll be offering it on December the 1st at 3 p.m. Pacific and then December 3rd at 9.30 a.m. Pacific to reach more people in more time zones. This will be a one-hour workshop where I will be uh, teaching you five habits that you may have that are actually weakening your immune system. And when we know better, we can do better, right? As well as steps you can be taking to be strengthening your immune system. Your immune system is like a muscle and every day you're either weakening it or strengthening it. Well, during the times that we live in now, it is more important than ever to be taking conscious action in strengthening our immune system, which you can do when you learn how. So it's an hour of your time for information that you can take and start implementing right away, share it with your family and loved ones. And to me, that's priceless. So click on the link in the show notes to register. And I look forward to seeing you there. Thank you for investing this time with me on the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I'm so glad you joined in. If you can take two minutes to share this episode with someone you think can benefit and have a positive impact on their life, that would be wonderful. Please leave a review by going to your favorite podcast listening app and let me know what you enjoy or would like to hear more of. It will support me in my effort to bring the possibility of natural healing to a wider audience and help disrupt the sick care system we have today and make human health a global priority. Health is your true wealth.